what is a closing rate I should uh, expect from a telemarketer, and uh, do you send literature at any time between her call and your call or after your call before you make the qualifying call and go out and do a presentation? Yeah, I uh, have not in the past. Usually I've just made my my call about a day before I go see them to confirm that uh, we're on board and we're ready to meet. So as far as the ratios go, I think a pretty good track record's been they've got a, about an appointment an hour, an hour and a half maybe. You're listening to an exclusive interview found on Michael Sinoff's hardtofindseminars.com. On the seminar marketing part, that's where I see my real opportunity. I've done seminars for 30 years yeah. and have been very effective at them. My closing rate of seminars, generally I get 60% of the people in attendance to sit down on one-on-one, and I close about 80% of those. That's right. And it's done real well, and I see that. But uh, to me, the price is kind of low. Uh, I'm just wondering, how did you set the price mark on that? Okay, are you talking about the pricing to attend the seminar? I'm the type of guy, if I can't make $5,000 when I go out the door, I'm not interested in going. So I'm a little different than most people. I don't give myself away. Right. And I think $5,000 for a step in this metropolitan area is not unreasonable. But there are a lot of businesses that can't afford that. Right. So what I was saying about is marketing, getting 10 or 12 in the room yeah. and charging a fee. And I'm wondering, what will the market bear? I'm thinking $5,000 is not unreasonable for 3000 to attend a three-day course. Well, how you structure the delivery is is totally up to you, Gary. The only way that you have it described in your system is uh, 10 or 12 employees coming once a week for two hours. Now, if you want to package that into three days and charge $3,000, no problem. So okay. how, you, how you want to package the delivery of the group is up to you. Were you doing that once a week for seven weeks? Right. At right. 500 a week or $500 total? No, 500 per person. Okay. So we had, say, 12 people was $6,000. So I'd go for two hours for six weeks. So I had about 12 to 15 hours into it. So right. it worked out to about $300 an hour. In the course, you, you relate the fact that you have alliances with a government agency that has funds for small manufacturers or businesses to tap into for the training of their people. How do I go about finding that for my states? Uh, I would go right first to your uh, economic development division of your state, and they might have local city offices as well. Within that economic development agency, they're usually part of the Small Business Administration. So check out your SBA, your EDA, Economic Development Association, and then start asking, are there training dollars? And they use all of training dollars that they can allocate to small businesses who want to take their employees through some training. And then you just got to find out who they service and yeah. Association, what, who the associated members are. That's you right. What is the best way to qualify a client other than when you're on the phone? I mean, I, I understand the opportunity analysis is the best way to qualify them. 
Yeah. But is there are there other tricks of the trade that you use? Well, usually on the phone, if I if I want to get a good, quick qualifying uh, before I go do an opportunity analysis, I'll I'll say, tell me a little bit about your business, and so they'll they'll do that, and then I'll ask something like, are you ready to grow? And can you handle growth right now? Yeah, yeah, I am. Good. Uh, well, generally, it's going to run anywhere from three to five thousand dollars per step per month. Is that something that you could handle that wouldn't hurt your business? So you got to be careful if you're going to bring up the money on the phone or wait till your opportunity analysis. But if you want to qualify, I mean, yeah. that's a way to do it. Yeah, you've got seven steps in the program, and I really see nine, word of mouth and Internet. There are seven steps with the Internet now as a bonus step. Uh, there are only seven steps, but now I'll, in the next little while you'll be getting a copy of uh, volume number eight uh, for the uh, end user. You have an Internet manual for you as a consultant, yes. but we're calling that a bonus step. Not an eight. How do you figure the market share that a client currently has? That's a great question. There are some um, uh, research groups I uh, I have joined in the past and <coughs> deciding whether to keep that membership. Uh, there's a research group. You can go into a community. You can find out how much is being produced and sold in a certain segment of product. And then you've got your client sales. So if you go in and you find out there's $10 million of XYZ being sold in this community, my client's selling a million a year. He's got 10% market share. Yeah. What is your connection with Jay Milton? I mean, um, to me, he does a lot of the things that I do as far as asset protection. Oh, Jay Mitten. Uh, yeah, Jay Mitten. And I've been to his seminars. Okay. Was he a client of yours yeah. or? He uh, he was a real big success story because he was. he was doing seminars. We implemented some back-end marketing to call his attendees that he didn't close at the seminar. Oh, so he's the attorney you were talking about. Yep. Okay, last last statement. Richard, I really want to thank you for taking the time because it is valuable to me to get my questions answered. And I, you did. What I like about Michael and you is that you actually – uh, put your mouth where your verbiage is. You actually do follow through, and I certainly appreciate it. And I do appreciate the, the 15 years that you've been out there and have accumulated this information because it is highly valuable if someone will actually work the system. Well, thanks. You bet. It is. Uh, it's been fun and it's been hard, and it's. Uh, we're excited to keep getting it out to you and uh, helping you the best we can. Right. Thanks, Gary. I wanted to see, is uh, Dave Flanner, are you on? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Oh. Okay, and I want to see, is Tom Ward on? Yes. Okay, Tom. And Tim, are you there? Yeah. Okay, great. Tim, um, do you have any specific questions for Richard right now that he can cover anything? Boy, yes, I have. I have like 15 questions, so I don't know how much time you want to make available. Oh boy, why don't we take why don't we take maybe uh, two or three of your most pressing ones, and then we'll we'll give someone else a chance, and if we have time, we'll go back. How about that? That sounds good. Okay, go for it. First of all, I want I want to know: Do we have the right to use that name in our marketing system or the HMA? And 
uh, you know, are we affiliates affiliates with them or with you? And uh, how can we use that on our marketing material? Well, you're really and my my advice is you're really better off coming up with your your own consulting name. I mean, it could be Tim Armstrong Consulting, Tim Armstrong Enterprises, and then as you out, get out there and market your services, it comes back to you because if you're going to start using the HMA and someone's searching for you and they're looking for you, you may lose business because they may connect up with myself or Richard before they get to you. Ah, that's true. That's a good point. Didn't think of that. Okay. Could you give me an example of where, you know, of where and why a company would need more than one USP, and how you would work that on a time and price basis? Well, that's a great question. It's usually correlated with where the revenue is coming from. So you've got to look at finding out if they're doing three million a year. Where's all that money coming from? Is it coming from a single product line or two product lines? And does that mean there's different competitors? Okay. So it's going to depend on uh, on those factors. And so there have been situations where you might say, listen, I see that we're probably going to need uh, three unique selling propositions. But, you know, Tim, usually I've seen them kind of be variations of the same. Sometimes they have to be completely different. Again, the, the decision on that is based on the competition. If he's getting competition in two different industries, he needs two different USPs. So based on the, competi the competition from, uh, very for his revenue. Okay, for his revenue. How would you price it out, Richard? Generally, I've, in, I've used it as a bonus. Uh, in saying, listen, I generally charge $3,000 per USP, but what I'll do is do three of them for two, for the price of two. So I would try and structure it as some kind of bonus act. Um, if I were only marketing the core four pillars, so I'm thinking of just starting out that way, uh, how, how much would it affect my presentation? I mean, would I, would I not present the four big pillars? And would I have to alter the, the web presentation or what? When I go do an opportunity analysis, uh -huh. you might uncover, let's say, seven projects. I have never had an opportunity analysis where the core four could not be used. Okay? Right. So you're almost always going to have the core four available. And then what I usually say is, when we get finished with these four, let's see where we're at. And we might then make a new agreement on steps six, seven, and eight. Does that make sense? Yes. Or you might not. So it may be that you don't go on to those others because they may not really need them or they don't want to move forward. You've got enough business coming in with the core four. So it's very easy to stay within that core four if you want. And if I wanted to get involved in the big four, then I could always outsource whatever I would There you go. And, uh, okay, and just deduct the difference from there you go. their charges and, and mine. That's right. Okay. Now, what about the sales training, too? You mentioned the sales training uh, in the first part of the seminar in the relationship marketing. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't get that one uh, CD yet or DVD yet, but I'm, I'm expecting it any day because I know Michael sent it out. Uh, I don't know if you cover it in that. But I'm just wondering, if, if I wanted to outsource that sales training, do you uh, have any firms that you would recommend? And how would I uh, price that? Would the, would the client pay for that extra sales training? Or or would I absorb some of that cost? Or 
I would do it just like you would outsource any of the big four. And that's get the cost from the trainer, mark it up what you can, and keep the difference. Also, um, like Richard, you mentioned manufacturing is one of the hungriest industries yeah. for marketing consulting. Yeah. Simply because they're losing so many jobs overseas. And yeah. if I were to, uh, to make uh, manufacturers or their distributors um, my target market, how would you recommend that I best start? I would maybe go to your local manufacturing association and maybe do a workshop. They're always looking for workshops. I'll give them your uh, three-hour workshop. Uh, they sponsor it. You come in and teach it and do your follow-up. Okay. Start getting clients. Okay. But I would try to associate maybe with your uh, local manufacturing association. You should have one there. Put you on hold. Let's move on over to Tom Ward. Tom, are you with us? Yes. Hey, Tom, how are you? Good, how are you doing, Michael? Questions you have for Richard are regarding the system. Uh, maybe that's not in relation to specifics where we have to go online and, and look and analyze your business. Anything at all that you can come up with? You know, I had that one question about, um, you know, when people are getting email and, uh, and phone numbers on um, off of websites by having prospects, you know, punch that in. But most reputable, reputable businesses anyway, they're going to have a privacy policy and say, you, you know, we, we aren't going to share your information with people. Well, then, then how, does that, how does that jive with the idea of going out to people and trying to, you know, share client lists and so on? I mean, how do you do that without becoming a spammer and, you know, having people hate you and basically yeah. being, how do you, is there an ethical way to get around that? Let's put the question in context for the other listeners. Okay. So are we talking about um, if you want to do an alliance with a business or a company and you want them to endorse your consulting services and they have an email list that they're going to endorse to their list, they're going to endorse you? Is that what we're talking about? Well, there's a lot of the, a lot of the joint venture and, and strategic alliance kind of tapes. I, just, I hear this pop up several times that, you go you go to some business and, and you know you say hey I have clients you have clients let's share our client list if you or this other person has said that well I'm not going to be sharing your list with people are you going to honor that or are you going to be a dirtbag you know or is there a, is there a way to you know I think the way to do it instead of just trading the list and then having each of the other parties call on that other person's client without any kind of notice ahead of time the best way is to use that sharing as an endorsement where each one of the business calls their clients on behalf of the person they're sharing the list with so it becomes an endorsement more powerful and since it's your customer and you're calling so I may be calling and say hey you know I I met this guy Tom Ward he's an amazing entrepreneur I'd really I really want to stress if there's anything you need as far as marketing I want you to give this guy a call could you do that for me and then you have him do the same thing endorsing you so you switch but you use it as an endorsement rather than cold calls it's not coming from me it's coming from them and, and they've already said that we're willing to accept information from you, so it's, there's not a conflict that way. That's correct. I just kind of thought of another way is, is so if, if I went to a company and said, hey, I can do an email campaign for you, you know, as far as a trade situation, and I'm going to be plugging your, your information to your clients, but you're going to give me, you know, a slot at the bottom or on the side that's going to say, you know, this presentation has been put together by, you know, iWaveMedia.com and, you know, we do this. So you're kind of piggybacking on their, on their 
um, promotion that way. Yeah, that's right. So if you wanted a, a list, maybe you have someone in mind who you want them to send out the uh, presentation, the articulate presentation that you'll customize for yourself, your name's going to be all over that. But they're going to buy that. They're going to offer that to their clients as a service and look like a hero for doing so in basically endorsing you in, in that presentation which outlines the system. Okay. And, uh, David, you still with us? I am, yeah. How are you? How are things? Good to hear you. Very good. Well, nice to meet you uh, voice to voice. Hi, Richard. How are you? But other than that, any other questions or comments or concerns you have for Richard or myself? Like I said, that's, we're rolling this out on, on this Thursday. So, <laughs> and, uh, uh, how many uh, eight, how many opportunity analysis do you have Thursday? Well, I have 24 in total, so I'll probably break them up to about... Uh, seven a day. <laughs> Tell uh, the consultants the process that you were able to set up the 24 opportunity analysis. How long did it take you and what was your process that uh, allowed you to do that? It's very fortunate that, that uh, I, I took up the time. New Year's, New, Christmas and New Year's Eve parties. I got a couple of business cards printed because I knew I'd be meeting people. I hadn't seen people for a while and, be, and the first question you ask somebody when you haven't seen them in a while is what are you doing? Yeah. And they asked me that question, I went into my spiel. Well, well, give me your spiel. When, so, when someone at the party said, what do you do, what did, you, did you use your uh, short version USB? How did you, how did you do it? Depends on, uh, depending on how much time I had with them. If I thought that they were kind of flighty, I used the short version. And if I thought that, that, that I had them kind of cornered and they were, they were in a group, I used the long version. So I, it, it was kind of uh, a kind of a body language kind of... A body language kind of thing that if they wanted, if I kind of sensed didn't really want to know about it, I used the short version. I stayed where I was after the short version, then I went in into more detail about what I was doing. So did it naturally elicit a reaction? Naturally elicit, just natural, just absolutely natural. I mean, I think I did about, I, I, I honestly can't tell you how many people I actually said it to during, the, during all the night of the, of the season. But, I mean, 24 people took my cards, gave me a call the next day to set up for... For, for an up analysis. Now, that's not saying I'm going to close 24. Hopefully no. I will. Yeah. Hopefully that will work as well. Now, it's a test. I don't know if it will work. It's worked in... You see, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm using strategy tactics that, I, that I've used over the last 18 years managing five or six comp different companies. And this is one of them where you put where you put them on a waiting list. Now, a lot of people have said to me, what are you talking about? No one's going to wait on a waiting list. But my... my if you make it a prestigious thing to be on a waiting list, yeah, that that's what you do. Um, I mean, how many people? And I said before, when, uh, I don't know how many of the lads who were on on the other call that that, met, that that went to the different conference call. But the way I put it is, how many people do you know that have said to you, "Listen, I'm on the waiting list for a Prius. I'm on the waiting list for a Lexus, and I had to pay to get on it." <laughs> if you make it a prestigious thing to be on the waiting list, that's what makes it a prestigious thing. Why buy a Rolex when you can buy a Timex? Well, you buy a Rolex to give you a bit of prestige. You right. don't buy any of these. Like, the two watches do the same thing. They both tell the time. Right. But one is a prestigious object. The other is something you buy when you've lost your watch. So are you going to be doing all your op, op analyses in person, or are you doing any of them by phone? No, in, in person. I, I, I was asked that question on the last conference, on the other conference call as well, and uh, I find myself that I'm, I'm, and I don't like to use the word persuasive, it sounds very Machiavellian. Um, but I, I find myself a lot more persuasive when I can see somebody's reaction to me. Yeah. Um, as in their body language, the way they shift, the, the way their, their voice inflects, things like that. No, I, I'll be doing them face on face. 
Just, uh, just two other things, uh, and I don't mean to take up your time. The group training, um, I've, as I said, I've, I've, I've got myself on the speaker list for the three Chamber of Commerces in my region. And I'm going to do, and I just want to see how, just put something by you. I want to offer the, you know, the group training? Uh-huh. I want to offer that as a mini weekend boot camp. Okay. For the members of the Chambers of Commerce. Okay. Um, and I'm thinking to limit the, that I won't do it for less than 30 30 members. Now, the Chambers of Commerce okay. in my region are huge. Okay. So 30 members from one region wouldn't even be a third. Well, 30 businesses or 30, 30 attendees? 30 businesses. And then charge uh, a nominal amount per company. Like in in the group training that uh, in the in the in the system, it, you've done it over a couple of weeks. I want yep. to kind of con- that, that that would be. Uh, I don't know if I'd like to do that. But I'd like to condense it into a weekend. Uh, sure. Then just take your 16 hours and divide it by eight, and so you know you've got a couple of hours per step. Exactly. Well, you just might need to just be flexible depending on the needs of the 30. Oh, of course, yeah. I mean, um, like I said, this is all, again, testing for me. So the first one would be a test, and I'm sure I'm going to make a load of mistakes, but again, it's yeah. a test. That's and great. also, um, I'll probably uh, record it and use it as a back-end sale. That's great. Um, and also, I'm thinking of in um, the, maybe the last weekend in August of actually running... Um, I'm not sure now, either a full weekend or a week boot camp, marketing boot camp. Sure. And record that to DVD and use that as a back-end sale as well. Um, but oh. that's in August now. I don't know. That's a huge, that's a huge, like a seminar, it's a huge undertaking. And now I just want to see how it kind of fills out between here and August. Sure. Also, I'm about halfway through, well, three-quarters way through now, a, a book based on my um, MBA thesis. And I've arranged for the top three booksellers in the region to actually stock it. I'm self-publishing through lulu.com okay. and they'll actually, once I get it all up and printed, they'll actually stock it for me. Now, I don't actually want to make any money out of that. It's just getting my face there and having a book in, in between the bookshops. Is, is there anything, apart from that, is there anything, because I don't want to take up your time because I can hear like, when Michael sends it to me, but and I don't want to take up time from somebody else. Is, was there anything else major, major, like you see as a huge... No, no, we were just impressed with your uh, with your execution. In, uh, <laughs> so it basically we made the point how important it is that the HMA consultants use the system in building oh, yeah. their own practice. Of course. I mean, I was asked that, how, I, how I set it up, and I said, well, the first thing I did was when I... When I and I have to. I want to say, everybody's um, listening, is that this course works itself. Now, I, right. have looked, I have looked at other franchises. And I don't say it, I don't get people's trouble. In, but there are franchises for so-called coaching systems, and uh, that are. And I had a look at a couple of them before I actually found my way to Michael. And they're well, I won't say they're useless, but they're weak. Put it that way. Yeah. But I mean, if you look at yourself as your first client, that's you can't right. Go wrong. Right. How can you go wrong with your work system? That's yeah. the way I looked at it. I said, I have to sit down here and just look at myself as being my first client. That's right. And if I can do what I do for myself, then it's a home run for being able to do it for other people. There you go. There you go. Do you know what I mean? That's great counsel. Um, you, you can't go wrong. You really can't. Can I just make a comment? I, I, I came in kind of late, and I, I heard, and I can't remember who it was, I asked you a question about... Um, when he was doing the op analysis. Now, just to give you a bit of background, I did a, a I think it was a six-week training log with Michael where I, I did training and I, I emailed him what I'd done. And I got a, an actor friend of mine from from the local theatre here to do 60 op analysis with me. I gave him the premise and he came up with the 60. It helped me a lot 
um, as regards what could come up during op analysis, what, what, what may happen. And I just one of somebody that was on the line uh, asked you about doing the core four and then the big four. And should you do the core four as, uh, as one op analysis? No. My advice would be from going to, and I don't know, it's only in theory from, from, from I haven't done an actual live one yet, but what I would do is do all eight and then offer, do the core four, and, and based on your success, because you will be successful with the core four, there's no way you can't be. It's an immediate selling block for the big four. Um, will cost a little bit more mm -hmm. um, in as regards um, money from the, from the business side, but that would be made up. What you've done with them in the core four would, be, would easily make that up. That's right. So that's just, and I don't know if that's helpful to the person that asked that question. It's just I came in, I came in right on when he was asking that question, so that's kind of hit me. I think I think that's it, Richard. Um, I'm just I'm just psyched for for January 10th and, and getting these people. Oh boy, we'll be excited to hear how it goes. You know, I've, I've been speaking to Michael about uh, a goal I have, and uh, I'll, I'll hope we speak to him a bit more about it over the, over the next coming year. Um, uh, set, uh, I, I, I'm very good at setting goals, trying towards them, and just achieving it. So, uh, but this system just makes it easy. Anyone else yeah. who I haven't talked to? Yes, Michael, this is Walter from Thunder Bay in Canada. Walter, thank you. I almost forgot about you. How are you? Very good. Very good. Well, Walter, I certainly want to give you some time. Walter, do you have any questions for Richard? Any concerns? And any I've been actually sitting and listening to all the, uh, the audio uh, files that you have. Okay. And one of the things that actually I know that I have to ask is that I, live, I mentioned to you in uh, Thunder Bay, which is a city of uh, just over 120,000 people, and uh, the city's uh, industry is based mostly on the forestry and paper. There are paper mills and so on and so forth. Uh, many of them are closing down because of the electricity costs, and many of the surrounding uh, related industries are serving them. So there's like a chain reaction. And this city is very isolated. Just to give you an example, to the nearest biggest city, it's uh, Winnipeg. It's like nine-hour car drive. Uh, to other one, Toronto, it's 14-hour. So this is like a little bit isolated, you know, like island, I would say. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it's a little bit of a city where you have to, you have to prove that to them that you can actually do it. And that's my challenge because I'm not uh, in, in um, sort of in their network. I live here for a short time, so I'm not in, uh, in a circle. And to me, it's uh, just a cracking of one or two, three clients to, to let them know that I can do something for them. How would I you would, approach uh, them? I would get yourself associated with some of the groups and associations, okay, yep. uh, that help small businesses there. Mm -hmm. uh, your chamber, like Dave's done. Yes, uh, that's what actually I would like to actually speak with Dave about his rollout because it seems to be uh, that this is a good idea to create the demand for something where many of them are failing to right. uh, uh, capitalize on the changes right. in the market. So if I had uh, more indication maybe from Dave how you prepared your rollout to, uh, to address different issues on how consulting uh, can help them out, that would be something where I wouldn't have to knock on their doors knowing that no one knows me and I have no credibility. Right. I'm calling me and asking me, you know, like, hey, can you help me? Well, and, and I think what Dave's doing is, is getting himself set up to do some workshops that's what you have in your materials is the ability to go in and, and give any one of these groups a 30-minute or a three-hour workshop. And that's what I would do because that establishes your credibility the fastest.
Yeah, even speaking with Michael, Michael suggested that I could actually uh, sign up with the local chamber and uh, chamber of commerce and uh, make the proposition to them. Yep. They're always looking for good yes. content. And then, always. you know, different associations within the town uh, yep. that actually would be interested in helping their own members of the That's association. That's right. That's the way to go. A lot of people, I know you're in an isolated area, but we've got technology today. We've got the phone, we've got the fax, we've got the Internet, and there's and there's and you'll hear earlier in, in the first part of the call that you missed, you're going to have some solutions to be able to do one-on-one -on -one consulting with anyone anywhere in the world as long as they can speak your language. You know, you do not have to physically be there. It, it may make things easier, but it is possible to do marketing consulting. You don't have to do all the steps. You could be, you could focus on just one or two steps of the system. You could do specialize in doing USPs for businesses all over the world online and not do any other step and make a living like that. There, you know, any one of the steps of the system can become a full-time marketing consulting position. And it, right. and it can't. You're international. You're not just in your area now. Yeah. I believe uh, the, the, the assumption of that is that we are more used to one-on-one -on -one, uh, selling, we are. offering, versus doing this online, where you, Michael, you have a great experience with that. Uh, we are probably about to get that. Uh, I know, Richard, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're, you're old-time sales guy. You're one-on-one, -on -one, eyeball to eyeball. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and that's why we developed this e-learning course that these guys, now all of you will be able to uh, sell the system long distance anywhere in the world and service it from home. And I'm the opposite. I'd rather use the Internet and use a recording. And, and you know, everyone is on the line right now, and we've never met personally. I've, but uh, you all feel like you know me, and it's all because of this wonderful technology and being able to hear an audio recording. And there's no geographical bounds to uh, the Internet. Well, it seems like you have do have a flair for speaking and interacting with others. I mean, we have to all probably learn that a little bit more. I mean, I'm an immigrant. I've been here for 16 years. I never spoke English before I came to Canada. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm doing that badly, but, you know, still there are some moments, important moments, where I may give away something that or you or someone else, being a native speaker, will, will go, you know, without even thinking about it. Oh, no, no, yeah, I, th I think you, you're coming across great. You're passionate when you talk, and you know, I think, you know, if you're there talking to that client who had a need, they're they're not interested in you. They want what you can do for them. That's the bottom line. No matter who you are and where you are and how you're communicating to them. And that was probably the good point you mentioned to not to uh, uh, make myself the important of the. Of That's right. But the, the program and the benefits of the program. Yeah, Richard, yeah, why do you say that to all the HMA people is uh, when you go and you meet with a client, whether it's on the phone or over the Internet, immediately start focusing on them and their problems, and they will not be concerned with your ability. If, you, if they think you can solve their problems, they really don't care who you are as long as you can solve their problem. You're going to demonstrate it for them. That's where you, you develop your credibility during that opportunity analysis. If the assets are there, you're going to point it out and you're going to show them the money. Very good. I would like to thank you for being very interactive and following through because that's very uncommon and I'm happy that it's come on here. <laughs> well, no problem. And we'll keep following through and, and, and uh, I'd really be excited to follow uh, all your progresses. And, and I love rec doing recordings and every recording I do will add up there for the HMA University. And, um, and that's what I've been doing over the last year and we'll, we'll keep it up. So anytime.
I think that about wraps up. Richard, you've been very generous. I know you gave me an hour, but you ended up giving me two hours. I probably made you. It was great. Well, I to meet all of you. Thanks, Richard. Thanks, Richard. And it's great to meet everyone uh, by person and and by voice, and certainly it won't be the last time. And um, um, Richard or myself, I'm always available by email or the phone. Don't ever feel like you're bugging me or bothering me. That's what we're here for. And I wish everybody a lot of continued success. Thank you, Michael Michael and Richard. Richard. Okay, email me if anyone has questions, and Richard will talk later. Enjoy it. Bye-bye. That's the end of this conference call. I hope this has been helpful. And if you have any questions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to email me at michael at michaelsanoff.com or call me at 858-274-7851, and I want to get your questions answered by Richard or myself as soon as I can.